Our scripture reading for today comes from Matthew 6, verse 9 through 13. Pray then in this way, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us, and do not bring us into the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. It was one of those uh, life-changing moments for me. Have you had some of those moments in your life? One of those days that you thought was just going to be ordinary and then turns into something that you had no idea uh, would impact your life. Well, that's the way it was for me many years ago. Those days that turn out amazing that you don't immediately comprehend. And it happened like this. I was a student at Texas Tech University. There you go. And, uh, and many of you know I, I was an accounting major there. And I lived in the dorm there at Tech. And in the dorm that we lived in, on one side uh, was the guy's side. And on the other side was where the girls were. And in the middle was this big lobby and the dining hall. And so every day, five o'clock hits, what do I do? Go to dinner, right? I rarely miss a meal. So five o'clock comes, and uh, just like every day, you know, I get up and I walk down the lobby area to go to dinner because the entrance is to go into the dining hall. And if you're like me, typically with the same group of people every time you go to dinner when you're in college, and I was doing that. And so day after day, you know, five o'clock hits, walk down the hall, go to dinner. Well, until one day, this is what happened. I was walking down the hall in the lobby, and there she was sitting, waiting on her friends. Now, typically, what I would usually do is just say, hi, walk by and go to dinner. But on that day, I stopped and sat down and started a conversation. That was day one. 28 years later. Wow, yeah. So... And here's the thing, it started with a conversation, like most relationships do, and, and, and I sat down, and it was funny, because she was waiting for her friends, I was waiting for mine, and, and we just started talking, and there was a Wesley dance that night, and so, uh, there you go, Wesley dance, there you go, you never know how your life might be changed at a Wesley dance, but, uh, and she asked me, are you going to the Wesley dance, and I said, yeah, I'm going, and she said, do you have a date, and I said, no, I don't have a date, she said, would you give me a ride, and I said, yeah, yeah. Well, someone else is like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thus began. But looking back on that day, I, I'm so grateful for that moment. Uh, now, it started with a conversation, and it started with what was just an ordinary day that turned into an extraordinary 28 years. It's amazing, and I look, look back on it, and I, and I see it as kind of a, a miracle moment in, in the everyday, ordinary thing. And these, th- these moments happen all the time if we pay attention. And sometimes we have to reflect on them and look back and see. Now, it, it, it is fascinating. Uh, my, my life changed directions because of that moment. Uh, 
and that conversation that was started at that moment. Now, my wife was a communications major, and she, she did well. Yeah, she did well, and I was an accounting major. They, they encouraged us not to talk in accounting. Uh, but she has taught me communication over the years. God changed my life that day, and I didn't even know it. It would take some time to figure out how God had changed my life. But I'm truly grateful for that part of my story. And, and I love sharing that story in that moment that turned into a series of moments. Uh, to me, that's the beauty of that story. And I believe all of us, all of us have a story worth sharing, that all of our stories are important. Our lives are a miracle, even if we think they are, aren't that interesting, but they are because they're a part of the story that God is weaving together in his kingdom. And so today I'm excited to share with you uh, Stan Bernard's story. We started this series last week with Travis Schulte, and, and today we're going to hear Stan Bernard's story. His story is a great reminder of the goodness of God and his calling for each of us in our lives. So let's watch. I love Stan's humble spirit. He grew up in this church, but will admit church wasn't always his first priority. But like all of us, God has had his hand on him. He's had a varied career path that has led him from being a park ranger to a police officer, an owner of a Pro Cuts franchise to owning a carpet cleaning company. That's how he made the connection with his current job as the city inspector. I was doing carpet over there at uh, City Canyon and the director, Danny Cornelius, you know, so we get talking, I think he wanted to hire me for some part-time work and, and I was kind of the weed man and that kind of thing. So uh, for four or five months out of the year and mm -hmm. then it just turned into, I got a job being an inspector then after that. Stan views his work as ministry and greatly desires to help those in need. There's some people that are really hurting. And, and uh, you'll go in some of their houses and you just feel so, so you just know things are going every time. Of course, you know, you'll ask them, can I do something for you? I mean, well, I'm there to whatever the Lord leads me to do or say what I need to say, you know, that kind of thing. So that's fascinating. In your job as inspector, you get to go into people's houses. And a lot of times they're just they're just dumping on you, you know, a complete stranger. Well, I, they, they're not happy that I'm there, but once right. we get to talking, and I ask, you know, I can you always see a picture or you can see something. Uh, oh, I know them. Who's that? And then you start bringing that that into it, and then they forget why I'm there, and mm -hmm. I'm there really to help them. Right, right, <laughs> and they don't know that. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. But I'm a great listener. Stan might be a great listener now, but when he was 10 years old, he wasn't. Stan grew up going to Hidden Falls Church Camp and tells them an experience that truly changed his life. There was an evening after the banquet on a Friday night, and we always played games. It was in the dark, and you know, we crazy. We're on the canyons, mm -hmm. and on the canyon rim. And <clears throat> there's a game that we played uh, it captured the flag, mm -hmm. and 
I just remember just laughing and running and and they're saying go 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 and they weren't saying go 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 they're saying stop 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 and I just remember just hitting a brick wall you know when you fall you, you fall forward and it was just like somebody got my both my ankles and just went down like that and my hands went off the 500 feet drop cliff wow. and and there was nothing there the counselors are just little, little bitty pebble things and that's the first time that I would get I guess I was meant here to be something or somebody because that was too weird it knocked the breath out of me I mean it just went down just like somebody just pulled your legs out from yeah just like that but you, you didn't go any further you just went down and you just went down a full dead run wow. as a 10 year old what a powerful moment to realize that God intervened. That's the only one that could do it. Yeah. I tell you, because there was nobody around me. They were running there. They thought a camper's about to go off the cliff. Yeah. And they, they were just screaming. They're going, what made you go down? And I said, man, I didn't have no choice. There's just something grabbed me and put me down. Wow. Yeah, but it's... Wow, it was life changing for me absolutely. for a 10 year old I, I wasn't the same kid after that although Stan has had various career paths in his adult life the thing that is constant for him is prayer he takes seriously the words of Jesus to pray to get away to a quiet place to pray he loves to take his dog early in the morning and walk the WT campus and pray I'm a prayer warrior but I'm a person that gets away and pray and not in front of the congregation like you can I I can't well we take a walk every morning at 530 it's beautiful around the campus by the way you know they got the sidewalks and everything's lit up and it's really quiet and that's, that's that's my time, that's where I talk, and that's where I complain, that's where I gripe, that's where I tell my fears. Why do I have to tell this person this? I really don't like to. This is where we speak, and I'm actually speaking out loud. <laughs> Some people <laughs> might think, I'm surprised I'm not getting turned in. So, no, that's great. <clears throat> Being a prayer warrior, tell me, what does that mean to you? That means when I see things, or... I think that's just one of my gifts. I, I mean, I really love to pray because I don't want to make a mistake out there, even at work. I hope I catch something so something didn't burn down. I pray before that. I pray for my bosses when making decisions. I pray for the city. You know, I just, I think uh, that's just what I do. Stan has also made it his habit to come to the church and pray. He loves going into the sanctuary and spending time alone there with God. You had mm-hmm. the sanctuary open, and I decided just not stop that until you stopped me. I look around, I'll sit in the pews, I'll look at the stained glass when that sun starts coming, you know, going yeah. down. I've, I've come here even in the evenings. Yeah, it's beautiful in the evenings. Yeah, 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 it sparks. And so, yeah, it's just wonderful. I'm thankful for Stan's gift intercessory prayer. I'm thankful for his humble spirit, and I'm thankful for his commitment to this church and the kingdom of God. Stan's life is definitely a story worth sharing. Isn't that cool? Yeah, you can clap for that.
I love miracle stories. Uh, they're exciting. I, uh, and Stan's story truly is a miracle at 10 years old, running straight at the edge of a cliff and God stopping him in the moment. Uh, it's amazing. And I, and I want us to today to just take a moment and recognize this reality that we live in, this reality that there is a, a spiritual world that is just as important as the physical world that we live in, that God has heavenly messengers that actually watch over us and protect us, and often in ways that we aren't even aware of. In Psalm 91:11, we read these words, for God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. My favorite, though, comes from the, the, the lips of Jesus as he speaks to this very thing in Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. He says this, Take care that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I tell you, in heaven, their angels continually see the face of my Father in heaven. And the writer of the book of Hebrews, he says it this way in Hebrews 1:14, Are not all angels spirits in the divine service sent to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? We, we do live in a spiritual world that's just as important, that's just as real as the physical world we live in. And I don't know about you, but that, that brings me comfort, that God has angels out there that protect us, that God is in the business of protecting his children, shielding us, to give us direction in how we live. But how often do we forget that there is a spiritual world out there? How often do we forget that God does direct our paths, that God sometimes even takes someone who's so set on going to dinner to say, hey, just take a moment here and sit down, have a conversation. Or who stops a 10-year-old from running off the edge of a cliff. And I think as, as people of faith, we have to constantly be connecting to the spiritual world. We have to constantly be connecting to God, to Christ, in how we live. And a critical way for us as followers of Jesus is that we are in prayer. That prayer is an important part, a primary part of who we are. Because it's in prayer that we're, we're connecting beyond just the physical, that we're connecting to the spiritual side of our life as well. It is through prayer and intercession that we're connecting our lives with the life of God. And the, the thing that inspires me most about Stan's story is, is not really the, the, the miracle at 10 years old, but his faithfulness in prayer and in how he lives his life. He is constantly communicating with God and connecting his life to him in the kingdom. And we need to be intentional about that as well. So his story inspires me. Uh, Stan has cultivated a life of prayer and the way he prays is different than the way I pray. And that's okay. And I think that's important for us to understand. I love that he prays out loud to God at 5.30 in the morning. I'm glad he picks 5.30 in the morning and not in the afternoon, though when students are walking around. But I, I think it's really neat how he does that. I, I love that he has a desire to come to the sanctuary and pray. And, and he said when he was talking to me, you know, when he's out there uh, in the world with his dog walking around praying, it, it's just him and God. But when he comes to the sanctuary, he says it, it changes. When, he's, when he prays in the sanctuary, it's not just him and God. It's him and God and the body of Christ, even if he's alone. He says there's something about being in the, in the sanctuary that reminds me that I'm, a, I'm, a bigger, I'm part of a bigger thing, that I'm a part of the kingdom, that the church, even though they're not there physically, they're, they're there, and it connects me with the body of Christ. What a great testimony of prayer. You know, 
another life-changing moment for me was that realization that we can pray in different ways. That there's not just one right way to pray. That we can all be uh, praying and we can all communicate with God however is best for us. But there is the thing, though, that prayer is communication, and we need to learn how to be better communicators with God so that we can hear God and, 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 and intercede on behalf of others and so that we can listen and know where he is directing our life. We all need to be majoring in communication with God. That should be our major. If you're in college, you have your own major, but you need to be majoring in communication with God, that you're cultivating that life of prayer. But I understand because sometimes we, we get busy and we forget to pray or we don't practice that discipline and it can grow cold. And sometimes we don't even know where to start in prayer and it can get difficult. But God is gracious. God wants to communicate with us and he will help us if, if we're intentional. You know, when I first started in our relationship with my wife, she was the communication major. She had to teach me what it meant to communicate and, and how to communicate. And so I've learned. And God's the same way. He will, he will help us. He just wants us to, to bring ourselves to him. In fact, let's, let's pray. God, teach us to pray. God, teach us to, to listen. Because as we were taught just a moment ago, if we're quiet, sometimes we'll hear God. Teach us to know your voice. Give us persistence and boldness and discipline to not give up, to not let go of you because you won't let go of us. Come Holy Spirit, even in this moment, amen, amen. I think all of humanity yearns to be in communication with God. I believe all of humanity yearns to, to know how to talk to God. And thankfully, we see Jesus with his disciples teaching them how to pray. When Jesus was with his disciples, they asked him this very question. They're, they're like, we don't really know the proper way to pray. And so he comes to them, and, and Matthew records it this way. He says this, pray then in this way. This is Jesus talking. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. This was the basic outline that Jesus gives to his disciples on how to pray. This is the framework of what we say most Sundays when we talk about the Lord's Prayer. And, and Jesus is helping instruct his disciples on how to pray because he knows that to be in a proper relationship with God, we have to know how to pray. And what I love about this prayer, it's, it's really simple. It's, it's not that long. It's not that complicated. Uh, and, and that's what strikes me about how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. And we don't see Jesus just praying here, but we see him praying in other uh, areas and other times as well. And again, what strikes me about this prayer is how simple it is. It's not long. It's not complicated. And I think so often we fret over what words we say when we, when we pray to God, or we fret that we don't say the right words, or we might fret that we have to use King James English when we come to God, but we don't have to do that. We can just come as we are. And Jesus simplifies it for us. It doesn't have to be formal, but he, 
there is, I believe, a proper approach to prayer. And I think the, what we would call the Lord's Prayer gives us kind of an outline for that. We see it in the first line of the prayer that Jesus says. He says this, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. It begins with a sense of awe and wonder and the fact that we can talk to God who resides in heaven. It connects us to the spiritual world. Now, some of us stumble over the word hallowed. Hallowed means uh, holy or reverence or glory. And so it's like, God, holy is your name. Your name is to be revered. Your name is good. And so that's what that, that word means. And so remember that as you pray. Uh, understanding that this is God whom we're addressing, who's to be revered. But we see this sense right from the beginning of the prayer, this sense of intimacy and relationship. It starts with these words, our Father. Our Father. And now, for many of you, if you grew up with a distant father or an absent father or a cold father or an abusive father, that might not be too exciting for you. But here's the thing. The Heavenly Father, His attributes are what a good father should be. Loving, protective, kind, generous, supportive, strong. All of those things are who our Heavenly Father is. And so if you don't have that type of father, I tell you today that you do have that type of father who wants to protect you, who wants to be in relationship with you, who wants to hear your prayer. So we approach God as our father. And so we have this intimacy that we can address God, not just as some holy other God, but as father. I love that. So we approach God with this, this childlike faith, and it says that our Father who is in heaven, and it connects us to the spiritual world. We recognize that God is up there in heaven, and, and it says, holy is your name. We have this sense of reverence, and we approach with a sense of humility. He is God. We are not. There needs to be that sense of reverence. Holy is your name. We come with a sense of respect. We're not communicating with our peers. We're communicating to our Heavenly Father. We have to have that right approach. But next is the focus on the request. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come. You know, if you, if you grew up saying this prayer, a lot of times we just read through it so quickly we forget its power and its importance. But think about this first phrase, your kingdom come. Meditate on that for a moment. God, how is your kingdom coming in my life? How am I living this moment in your kingdom? How is my next step going to be living out your kingdom purposes? That's a powerful statement. How is your kingdom being realized in my life? Am I paying attention so that your kingdom can come into my life so that, so that I'm paying attention when you tell me to sit down? And have a conversation. Am I paying attention? Your kingdom come. So that I'm not walking blindly through life. Doing my kingdom. Your kingdom come God. That's the first request. And when God kingdom comes in our life. You know what happens? Miracles. Cool things happen. Hard things happen too. But purposeful things happen. 
good things happen. And these moments in God's kingdom are connected. And you look back and you think, wow, how cool is that? Where God took this moment because I allowed him to speak into my life, to go from kingdom to kingdom. And we were reminded that his will should be done in our our life on earth as it is in heaven. And to me, that's, that's the great news as well. That brings me hope. This recognition that our future is already settled. That on earth someday his kingdom will be complete. And even in our life, it's not complete now, but someday it will be on earth as it is in heaven. We all long for healing in this broken world, and we long for God's kingdom to be completely done in this world and in our lives, looking forward to that day when his kingdom will be complete. And then it goes on to say this, give us this day our daily bread. I struggle with this one a little bit because I'm, I, I'm the planner type. I don't want daily bread. I want weekly bread. I want monthly bread. I want yearly bread. I want a five-year plan for bread, right? Give me that bread. That's the bread I really want. I want to have the plan. I want to have it worked out, and I want to know for sure, God, you're going to take care of me and protect me, and I'm going to have all this laid out. That's my issue. Anyone with me? Yeah? No, but what does God provide? Daily bread. When the people of Israel were in the desert for 40 years, what did God provide? Daily bread bread, manna, daily. He said, don't gather more than today's worth. Well, that's stupid. No. What, because why? Because if I have enough for the week, then I'm in charge, right? I got enough. But when we rely on God, then we have to have what's called faith. We talked about faith last week, right? Faith. Give us this day our daily bread. Can we be content with daily bread? Can we be content not knowing if we're going to have bread tomorrow, but is today enough? Is it okay? I don't know where I'm going to go in my life. I don't know what my major is. I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure what job I'm going to get next. What about today? Are you going to be okay with today? That God is going to provide today, that you're going to walk in his kingdom today. It takes faith. And knowing that God is good and he will provide because he is a good heavenly father. And then it says this, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Now, we typically say it, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. I think Methodists like bigger words, so we just went with trespasses instead of debts and debtors. But this is a powerful statement of grace, isn't it? Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, if you parse the statement a little bit, it can be a little bit concerning. Because it actually says, forgive us our debts the same way we forgive other people. So how do you want to be forgiven? The same way you forgive other people? Now, I know this is some of you's, you's, y'all's issue because you've talked to me about it. I can't forgive that person for what they've done. Well, I think a lot of times we have a hard time hearing from God because we have 
unforgiveness in our heart. And God wants us to truly forgive because he has forgiven us. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. This is a powerful statement. And this is also trust and faith because forgiveness is not easy for us. When someone harms us terribly, we're called to offer forgiveness. It doesn't happen overnight a lot of times. It takes work, it takes discipline, it takes faith. But that's that calling that we have. And then it says, and do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. I like this phrase. This, this phrase is, is a plea to God to keep us from temptation. And it's a plea for spiritual protection. This reminder that we need to be protected. It's a reminder that we can't do this on our own strength, that we need God to guide us, to protect us as we go about life. We must lean on God's protection and grace. It's also a reminder of the the spiritual world and the spiritual warfare going on around us as well. And and again, sometimes we forget this. You know, we've seen it as, as a church because as the kingdom of God grows on earth as it is in heaven as as a church grows and and builds and and adds new campuses and does cool things i had a coach the prior coach about a year and a half ago he said wow y'all are growing pretty quickly and he said this is your most important thing that you must do now is pray because the enemy will not leave you alone pray you have to ask for god to protect because there's a spiritual world going on outside And you have to pay attention and that we need God to protect us. Now, this is a simple prayer that Jesus gave us. And and you can pray. And and sometimes when you're struggling with prayer, just take the Lord's prayer and just use it as your framework. Slow it down a little bit. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be anything exciting or extraordinary. But it can be simple as this, as you pray. See, because although this is a simple, ordinary prayer, Prayer is anything but ordinary. It is a blessed gift. Here's the thing. God wants you to speak to him. How cool is that? That God desires for us to be in relationship with him. He can take our ordinary prayers and do something extraordinary. And that's what I love about God. That God can take our ordinary days. And if we're paying attention, if we're living in his kingdom, he can shift things just a little bit and change the course of our history. God took an ordinary day for me and turned it into a 28-year relationship. God took an ordinary 10-year-old boy and saved his life so that he could spend his life in prayer, so that he could spend his life, his career in ministry, whatever he's doing, whether it's cutting the grass, cleaning carpet, working for the city. Now, you most likely won't hear Stan Bernard's story in the history books. They're not going to even write a chapter about Stan, most likely, in the history books. In the eyes of the world, his story is just an ordinary story. But in the kingdom of heaven, his story echoes for eternity. His story is being written on the pages of heaven. Now, that is definitely a story worth sharing. Amen? Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for just the gift of prayer. 
for the gift of your presence, for the gift of these stories that remind us of your goodness and your grace. Lord, I I pray that you would even in this moment begin to speak to us and guide us in your truth, that you would even in this moment help us to realize that you are there. Help us just to take a moment and, and recognize and be grateful for the ways that you have led our life. And so often as we go through the day, we we forget that. And so help us just in this moment to to be reminded of just an ordinary thing that has taken place in our life that that had extraordinary consequence. Maybe it was the fact that you got into school at WT or or that you moved here to Canyon or you were born here in Canyon or that uh, the spouse that you're married to or the friendships that you have or whatever it is, just the fact that you're here this morning, those ordinary things that have impacted us, Lord, help us to just be reminded of those in this moment. We're so grateful, God. We're so thankful. And there might be some of us who are struggling with uh, unforgiveness for sin and Lord, help us to just take this moment to lay those things at your feet. We thank you, God, for allowing us to pray, allowing us to speak to you however we can. Some of us do it in front of people. Some of us can only pray alone, but God, help us to live a life of prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And all God's people said, amen, amen.